0: Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Samuel Timothy,
1: and I'm Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, we talked about uh, what you can do as a, a manufacturing company to to win in 2022. And what we mean by that is, how do you take that next step? Uh, we work with a lot of manufacturing companies that uh, have kind of just done business the same way for you know 10 years, or you know, it could be 50 years, right? And so, uh, how do we take that next step? Uh, as leaders in the manufacturing space, as as marketers, and help grow our, our company. So we explain uh, what we're seeing, uh, what we've seen over the last 5-10 years uh, in shifts and trends in the manufacturing space, specifically around sales and marketing, uh, and what we believe the recipe for success is in 2022. Hope you enjoy the episode.
0: So Taylor, I know uh, we're obviously, you know, coming into a new year, Uh, every organization is very actively looking for um, how they can improve their overall business. Um, And we're making, uh, we're seeing a lot of observations just by looking at the companies, uh, mostly the ones that are actually failing and also the ones that are really succeeding. There are some trends that we're seeing. um, And obviously there are some conclusions that we can make from those. So we want to use this opportunity to kind of touch on those, uh, those topics today for our podcast.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we work with a ton of manufacturing companies. Uh, we notice a lot of trends uh, in the companies that are uh, maybe not doing so well. I don't want to say failing, but, uh, you know, the companies that are, are really struggling to take that next step in their business, especially as technology evolves and, uh, you know, our buyers evolve. Um, and then trends that we notice in companies that are are really dominating and winning and separating themselves uh, from the field. So, um, I guess let's start with the the bad, right? Um, what what are the issues that you know manufacturing companies face in, in 2022 when it comes to investing into marketing?
0: I would say I would say the number one thing is you know more of a perspective issue or like a mindset. Um and most most companies don't even actually <clears throat> talk about that as a as a challenge. Most of the time you know I'm pretty sure you're you hear a lot about supply chains or you know worker shortage or skilled resources or you know renewable resources, whatever all those things are could be uh, things that people may bring up. But i think um uh, from my perspective and at least from seeing um or having talked with a lot of manufacturing leaders, the overall perspective of how they look at the business and the marketing is a big challenge.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, I. mean. I agree with you. Obviously, those other not to say those other issues aren't real issues. Um, but obviously, we live in the world of of marketing and and sales, right? So, um, from that standpoint, you're right. That it, it is a mentality uh, that these manufacturing companies, a lot of times, not all manufacturing companies, but the ones that are struggling, they have this mentality, as very old school kind of mentality. Uh, This is the way that, you know, we do it because it's the way that business has always been done. Uh, You know, we've been in business for, uh, you know, 50 years, 100 years. Um, And when you talk to them about, you know, what makes them successful, how do they get new clients, where where does their growth come from? uh, It's almost always around uh, their, their product, their, their customer service. Um, you know, we have the best equipment, the best machinery. We, we are open 24 seven. We have three ships so we can, you know, produce more, uh, and have faster turnaround times. Uh, we have higher quality materials. We have higher standards. We have more ISO certifications, right? Everything is, is about that. Um, and that's great. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's the way that most of those businesses, uh, have gone about it's you know you need someone who has iso whatever certification you go to a directory you go to thomas you find that person you reach out to them and then you do business with them for the next 30 years right and that way of doing business is, is certainly changing uh and a lot of times when you you talk about well how do these you know how do your customers know that you have all these things that you have this expertise that you have these capabilities because when you look at their website uh, I mean, it might be from nineteen ninety nine, right? It was the last time they they updated the website. And so uh, again, it comes back to what people know us in the industry. Uh, we've been we've been in business for how many years. We go to industry trade shows, um, and you know we get a lot of w- referrals, word of mouth. Uh, but what their the reason they're coming to us and coming to companies like us and the reason they're starting these conversations around marketing is they are noticing that that's changing, right? Uh, we see a ton of, turnover um, in these companies younger generation of of engineers is coming in a lot of family-owned manufacturing companies the younger generation is is taking over and they're looking to really challenge the status quo right as you should um especially a business that's been in in business that long uh you know technology is evolving on the production side uh, and technology is certainly evolving on the marketing and sales side and so uh business is not you know business as usual uh anymore so I think that mentality of um, this is just the way that it's done. People will find us. People know about us. Uh, that's going away, right? Because as the younger generation comes in, they don't know who you are. People aren't going to trade shows anymore. They don't know who you are. And so it might be a slow decline. Uh, but the companies that are winning online uh, are, are seeing a steep increase, right? Uh, and the other perspective piece that you talked about, uh, I think, comes down to The way they look at marketing in terms of investment um they're trying to apply the same characteristics to the way they look at investment into their infrastructure into their building into their equipment right because as manufacturers we can look at it and say i I need to buy this new piece of equipment um it's a million dollar investment but here's how it's going to make us money and it's very simple math right if we have to take out a loan we know the percentage we know um, what, how much that is going to increase our productivity. We know what that's going to mean to us in terms of revenue. We know what that payback period is. And we can look at that and say, yes, it makes sense. I'll, I'll spend this million dollars because it'll pay itself back in five years. And then we'll be profitable on that for the next five years. And here's the number of, you know, here's the revenue that's going to increase to the top line or bottom line. Right. So then we start talking about investing, it w- doesn't matter what the number is—twenty thousand, two hundred thousand, a million dollars—into marketing, uh, and we start to look at that. The same, do that same math, and not that that can't work. It's just not as much of a, a guarantee, right? Because uh, we don't have the exit like with a with a bi- increasing a building or increasing our uh, production in terms of equipment. You have somewhat of a guarantee, or you know that. You have enough business that you can actually increase your your output from that perspective. And uh, marketing, we're we're not looking at how do we go get new customers who have never heard about us, uh, and what's the ROI on that going to be. So it's a little bit of the fear of the unknown. Uh, and if you're a 50, 60 year old company who's never really invested into marketing in this capacity, uh, it can be scary.
0: Yeah, and especially when you're talking about an equipment as a tangible good that you can walk into the back of your production facility and touch it and feel it and see that investment whereas marketing is not and so you also have that uh uh, you know not being able to see what the fruits of it uh in especially in the short term maybe uh that also adds another other level of uh frustration and fear as well i think
1: yeah so what's the solution what you know how do we change this perspective and if we if we you know if we're talking to if there's one manufacturing company, one CEO of a manufacturing company that's listening to this right now that says, hey, that sounds a lot like my business. Uh, I'm willing to change my mind. Uh, what can I do to help grow my business? What can I do from a marketing perspective to change that?
0: So I think the first thing is seeing the marketing as an investment, not as an expense or uh, cost center within your organization. That I think is the number one change. Uh, then uh, everything else have to add uh, top start from that, right? So I think if you have that starting ground, you're recognizing that marketing is an investment into the organization. It's going to help increase the company's value and the brand equity, and that ultimately will help grow the organization in the long term. That would be my first. Um, that's where I would first start.
1: Sure. And so let's take that a step further to say, okay, I'm the CEO of a manufacturing company, and I'm willing to change my perspective on marketing, but I don't sell to my clients. So I sell through distribution channels um, and I have no control over their pipeline, their CRM. They bring me business. Uh, and I don't, I don't want a consumer to reach out to me because I can't sell to them directly. So how do we go about marketing from that? And it's even worth marketing uh, when I'm not the one doing the selling, I'm just just manufacturing.
0: Yeah, so that, that even increases the need for marketing even better because now you have to educate someone else who is not on your payroll to be able to articulate the value of your product and then be able to make that sale to your end customer who you really ha- don't have a real direct control or connection with. So in that case, I think the empowering them with information that they need to be able to really explain the product and the value of your product, right? That's where marketing really can be powerful.
1: Sure, yeah, I agree. I think we have a lot of clients that sell through distribution channels, through resellers, through installers, through contractors, whatever name you want to put on it, basically, they're they're doing the manufacturing and then someone else is doing the sales. And we have really an army of commission only sales reps that are selling for us, which is great. Um, the problem is almost all the clients that we work with in that scenario, those are not exclusive distributors, right? So they sell uh, other, other companies, they sell competitors. Um, and so there's a lot of fluctuation in terms of sales. Um, it's, you have again, you have no control over that. So we have to focus on what we can control. Uh, and there's really in that scenario, there's two different markets that we need to market to, uh, and the answer of how we market to them is, is really the same. Uh, it's through content marketing and through educational content. It's just a matter of framing that content and producing and, um, promoting that content through the right channels to get in front of the right people. So the first segment is those distributors, right? Do we want to go, are we in a situation where we can go get more distributors to sell our products? Well, how do we market to them and how do we entice them and explain them, uh, explain to them that, Hey, by partnering with us, by selling our product, here's what is the benefit to your business, right? Here's how we can you know make you the hero, so to speak. Then there's the other the other distributors that are already our distributors. Um, and this is kind of what is you know being referred to as like through channel marketing, meaning how do we market to our um, actual distributors, educate them and most importantly, empower them to sell on our behalf. Right. The more information we can give them, the more brand affinity that we can build, have, have them feel very proud to represent our brand, our our product, our company. Uh, and sell that, the better chance that we're going to have of of them selling our product versus a competitor, right? So marketing into those existing accounts, so to speak, uh, because that's a one to many sale, right? If we have, again, commission only sales reps, you have to look at that as uh, this is a blessing, right? Because most, most companies, a lot of companies don't have that and they have to pay their sales reps, you know, a base salary and then commission on top of that. And they have to invest a lot into that. So these people are independent, you know, business owners, they're, they're hitting the ground whether they sell, you know, a million dollars worth of business in a month or they sell nothing, uh, they're still working the same amount. Right. And so the more you can educate them and it's the same content, right? So if you have 50 distributors or a thousand distributors, um, you you're creating content once educational content and you're marketing to them and empowering them. Right. So that's one market that you have to focus on. And then there's the other side, which the companies that are really winning uh, have embraced this. Uh, The companies that are a little bit hesitant uh, to market to the end uh, customer uh, are the ones that I I think are going to be overrun uh, in 2022 and and beyond. So what we're proposing, right? And what we see, again, the companies that are doing really well is even if you don't sell to that end customer... Uh, you need to market to them. You need to educate them, and you need to build demand, right? So they're the one going to be using the product. They're the ones that are, that's buying it. Whether this is a piece of equipment, machinery, uh, whether this is a, it, it doesn't matter if it's a, you know, something that's used for homeowners. You're, you know, if you're manufacturing cabinets or, um, you know, you're manufacturing countertops or flooring solutions, or it really doesn't matter. Uh, yes, if if I'm a manufacturer who only sells, you know, flooring solutions uh, through distributors and contractors and installers, you don't want, you know, somebody calling in and saying, hey, I, I need to I have a 1200 square foot home and I need some flooring, right? Like, that's not what you want. But you need to get that person to want to use your brand, right? So you need to educate on best practices, on pros and cons on comparisons, anything that that end customer is going to consider throughout their path to purchase, throughout their buyer's journey. Everything from when they first start thinking about uh, making that purchase um, through the consideration phase, through the decision-making phase, you want to be the one to educate them. And by doing that, you build again that affinity towards that brand. When they do reach out to that distributor uh, to make that purchase, they're going to ask for your brand specifically. Uh, And that's really all we can hope for as, as marketers and as manufacturers is that Whoever is going to use our product, whoever's selling our product, uh, they're fully educated on uh, our capabilities, on the quality, on everything that we have to offer, uh, and that you know we're in the running when it goes to make their their decision.
0: Yeah, and when you when you talked about those two audiences, and I was thinking, especially from uh, imagine that in the being in the shoes of that distributor, or the installer, or the contractor, right? If you can give them more resources to make their life easier, to be able to go walk into a a prospect and actually present a a solution and then you give him everything that he needs to be able to make that sale, he's more likely to to actually promote your product than an alternative. And I think a lot of times we, we go cheap in that area, right? We think, oh, okay, well, you know, they don't necessarily need anything. You know, they just need some samples and some product brochures, but you want to figure out how can you educate them? Maybe whether it be video training or um, you know, content marketing to him with specific information about the, the the pros and cons, like you said, right, to how to be able to differentiate our product versus an alternative cheaper option um, and the, the guarantees and the warranties and all of those things that you need to be able to make him explain to his end customer, that makes him more wanting, you know, be more likely to present our product uh, to the end customer. And yeah. I think when you talked about the end customer, even though they are not necessarily going to be uh, able to buy directly from you, they have a lot of questions that they're, they're trying to find answer. And when you actually can educate that person to understand uh, how this solution can be the ultimate solution for whatever the problem that they're trying to solve for, they're more likely to even ask the contractor that they are dealing with or the installer or whoever and say, hey, do you actually carry this product? Do you know about this brand? Um, you know, I've seen some content around them. I've read their articles. I've seen reviews. They're also gonna be proactively asking for specific brands that they would want their installer or whoever to use as well. So you're controlling the sale from both sides and making that sale to be more likely to happen.
2: Hey, thanks for listening, Solomon. here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, Head over to OneIMS.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at One IMS and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right, so thank you for listening. And let's get back to our topic for the day.
1: And I would say, you know, this applies to all, you know, we're talking about a scenario where basically you manufacture something that's a completed product, you sell it through to a distributor or, you know, through a distributor to an end customer. Uh, Obviously, we also have a lot of manufacturing companies that sell components and pieces that fit into, uh, you know, the ultimate, you know, product, tier two, tier three, you know, suppliers, manufacturers, those kind of things. So, um, I think in those scenarios, this also applies because uh, then your audience, your end customer, so to speak, is uh, typically you know an engineer or somebody that's highly technical. Uh, and as you mentioned, there's a lot of questions. Uh, and so that audience, especially this younger generation of of engineers, um, you know, they're not looking at a product catalog and you know making a purchase, right? like doing a lot of research, they're watching videos. they want to be innovative. they want to be they want to challenge again the status quo. and so, if what you need to do really is turn your website and your web properties into a publication for your industry, right? Uh, you, you have videos, you have infographics, comparison charts, um, you know, calculators, whatever that may be, any sort of content that's going to provide value to your, your audience, um, is going to help you win at the end of the day. And again, this goes back to mindset because if you look at that, a lot of times it's very hard to measure a direct ROI from a video that you made uh, about, you know, the process uh, that you go through when you're, you know, finishing this, you know, stainless steel product or whatever it may be. But that ultimately is going to certainly influence somebody at some point, right? And we see it all the time where manufacturing companies in relatively, you know, boring industries, if you will. Uh, where they think, well, nobody wants. There's no point in making a video about this, uh, and they'll have sixty thousand, a hundred thousand, you know, even a million views on that video. And so, there is definitely an audience for that. Uh, is it hard to measure that? You know, how many of those fifty thousand people actually made a purchase from us? Uh, how much revenue do we generate? Yes, it's hard. It is hard to measure, uh, but it's that compounding effect of continuing to create content and building that. Uh, you know building some sort of a gravitational pull essentially around your website and your web properties and around your brand. Um, That's what we talk about when you say building brand or building brand affinity. It's not, it's not your logo. It's not, you know, running a, a commercial. It's not slapping your name on billboards. It's at scale educating your audience and, and having them think of you as a thought leader, as an industry leader, um, having them the next time they're interested in learning something about that industry or about that process, coming directly to your website because they really enjoyed what you put together on the subject, you know the previous time. So that's the the type of effort and content that it takes uh, to make a difference uh, in manufacturing. Uh, we're not talking about, hey, just go out and run some Google ads or, you know, write a blog post each week or, you know, post pictures of your office Christmas party on, on Facebook. Like that's not the, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about true, valuable content marketing that's targeted toward your audience. And then taking that next step of what channel and delivery method is going to be the best to get this in front of my audience. And then how do we do this at scale and create a blanket across the industry?
0: Yeah, and what we're describing here is is exactly the same thing you would need to do uh, if you're trying to sell to the end customer, who's another, uh, like you said, the tier one or tier two supplier as well, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean this is the this is the approach you would use if you're selling through uh, a distributor or some other means, but if you're selling and uh, direct to the end customer, is exactly the same same solution you need to apply. So do we, do we want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's true. The thing is, it doesn't matter how you what you count as a conversion in my book, right? Whether you're generating a lead, whether you have e commerce site where you're selling your your widgets or whatever you're manufacturing online, whether you sell through distri- distribution reps, and you need them to find a local supplier, like what we want to do is what we're talking about is just the front end of that is creating the content that's going to resonate with them. That's going to educate them. And that's going to inspire them to want to do business with you. Not necessarily right now, maybe they're not in the market right now. Maybe they're, I mean, we know in the manufacturing space, it could be six months, could be two years before they end up making a purchase, but we need to continue to stay in front of them along the way. And then just what you have to do from a user experience perspective on the website is then define how you want that purchase path to look like, right? Are they buying directly from us on the website? Can we create a, a you know, retailer wholesale login where they go in and make a purchase? Uh, is it just general e-commerce? Uh, do they contact us and we connect them with the salesperson? Uh, do we have somebody internally that when they fill out the form, they sit there and go through every application and then hand them off to the right distributor? Uh, do we just have a list of distributors on our, our website uh, and then let them filter by region and then go to the, the proper you know uh, distributor? That part doesn't necessarily matter. It's a matter of how do we get that visibility uh, which is where I, I see a lot of companies falling flat. Uh, most companies right now have some sort of process when when somebody reaches out to them, whether they sell directly or not. Someone, if someone does find their website, they reach out. They they know well we don't sell directly, so we we listen to what they're looking for and then we give them to the distributor or we send them a, an email and send tell them where to go buy. Um, I think as you increase the visibility and the leads, you really need to perfect that process because it's not going to be as casual as just taking a phone call and deciding on the spot who you're going to send that lead to Uh, but that's a secondary problem that that you have to kind of cross when you get there
0: yeah so what the one of the uh, questions that i have is essentially someone who's listening to this who might be a a senior leader right who's uh, trying to figure out well this all sounds uh, really good in in theory but where do we get started and how do we actually execute something like this
1: yeah i think um Ultimately the first, the what you need to do is really just start creating content. I think p- progress over perfection and something like this, um, that first step is, you know, it's all these cliches, right? But like the first step for a lot of these companies is the hardest, uh, because they've never done anything like this before. And you'd be surprised how many companies I see that have never invested into marketing 30, 40, 50, you know, hundred year old company, uh, never invested in marketing. And all of a sudden it's time to redo the website or, you know, create a video or create a blog post. And now we're going to become perfectionists, right? It's going to take us six months to get a piece of content out. Uh, when again, never done anything like this before, like literally maybe no one is going to see this video, this first video that you create, uh, six months is not the time. is not the speed and the velocity that we, that we need to operate with. Right? So for me, it's just find something that you can start creating content about and then learn and improve from there so if if the first step and the easiest step for you is start writing blog posts then start writing blog posts is your first blog post going to be good no uh probably not is your first podcast going to be good no probably not i think we're of episodes in maybe we're just figuring it out right so uh but just starting somewhere and starting creating that content in terms of where you get that content from again really literally answer questions that your customers are going to have uh, if you don't know, if you're a new hire in the marketing department, or even if you're the CEO and you don't necessarily know what questions people are going to have, talk to your sales reps, right? Talk to those distributors. Find out who your top distributors are. Go give them a call and and ask them, like, what what are the top ten questions you get from your, you know, from from the end customers? What are they interested in? What are they curious from? Curious about? And uh, you'd be surprised at how many companies don't really know that. And again, what they pride themselves on. Is what they think customers find important. Again, the quality, the quality materials, longevity, our turnaround time, our price. Like maybe those are things that you care about that your customers don't necessarily care about. So you need to figure out what your what's important to your customers, and start addressing the questions that they that they have. Um, that would be my my suggestion as a first step. I don't know what your thoughts would be.
0: Yeah, and I hundred percent agree. And I think one of the things that I would um, also caution is this fear of dis, you know, discussing or sharing some industry secrets or internal processes and being afraid of that being, you know, stolen sure. by some competitors. And I think that prevents a lot of a uh, lot of marketers from withholding information. Because I think one of the things that, uh, especially as you get started in creating content and generating a lot of information that's useful for your end customer, you, you're you going to have to share some insights. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's some recipe or you know secret sauce that you might have into your, in your operations, but it's essentially giving them the behind the scene process of how you go about producing a product or how you go about uh, ensuring quality or how you go about, uh, you know, guaranteeing you know, a certain t- type of uh, production timing or whatever those things are, you need to start giving those things uh, in your content and sharing those insights because that's also going to help your end customer to be able to choose you over some other uh, other options.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Um, I think that the world we live in today really isn't, <laughs> there's not really a such thing as an intellectual property anymore. I feel <laughs> like, I mean, you have the internet, You can you can figure anything out. Um, you can reverse engineer just about anything. Um, people are too smart. There's too much information. Um, and if if your competitive competitive advantage is that easy to steal and to copy, then it's not really a competitive advantage, right? So you need to be transparent. You need to explain what you do, why you do it better, how you do it better. Um, and if it, anything, what's going to happen is, even if People are going to, people are going to steal it. If they think that's a better business model, better process, they're going to steal that anyway. Uh, what you're going to do over time is that you're going to have all these copycats, but you're going to be the one educating. And then now your brand and the loyalty to your brand is going to become your competitive advantage, right? Look at all the, the giant, you know, companies that are out there. I mean, you can look at auto, you can look at auto manufacturers. You can look at, um, you know, even, uh, Um, you know, Apple and Android, and you can look at, um, you know, whatever equipment and there's always going to be, well, we're the more expensive brand, but we do X, Y, and Z. Um, The cheaper brand doesn't last as long, this and that. And as, as technology improves, as quality improves, like, you look at cars, I mean, you can't go out and buy a a lemon, right? Like you used to be able to, like all the manufacturers are going to give you a pretty quality car. Uh, so then, it, it, a lot of times it comes down to branding and brand loyalty, and and uh, you know you look at what Tesla is doing. I mean, they they explain how all of their uh, equipment works. I mean, that's Elon's whole thing is he he's an engineer. He loves to explain how it works and how it's better. Uh, and still, none of the other manufacturers are create doing it the same way that they're doing it, right? Um, in terms of the the electric vehicles and the way that the vertical integration, like they just can't because. That's their competitive advantage and they're still now they're building a, a brand loyalty towards something like a Tesla. So I think again if you if you feel like we don't want to give away our secrets, uh, someone's going to educate your customers, someone's going to put that information out there. and so it better be you. Um, and if you think that if you think and you know that you have a better quality product or process, um, then let that shine through and um, you know be the one be the first mover in that scenario.
0: So as a wrap-up, obviously, as we're encouraging our manufacturing friends who are listening into this podcast, right, as they, as they get ready for uh, a new year ahead in terms of preparing for what else, whatever they need to do to um, reach their revenue targets, they first and foremost need to start with a perspective that, hey, marketing is not an expense, it's an actual investment into the organization, and that it does require investment, um, and that has to be um, reasonable and substantial in terms of whatever the company's uh, company size and you know what what, so, what sort of growth goals that you have uh, and then the secondly is really becoming the go-to resource for your industry and whether you sell directly to your end customer or selling it through distribution channels you still need to become um, a go-to resource providing a lot of insights and uh, knowledge and expertise that your end customers can actually use to make a dis- uh, purchase decision uh, or empowering your uh, resellers to be able to use that um, Resource right, that training and uh, resources to be able to make your product be the most appealing offer uh, to the end customer. And then the last thing is essentially just coming to the realization that nothing is secret any, uh, anymore, right? And uh, without worrying too much about the perfection or without caring too much about you know your competitors really consuming all of your insights and then going and replicating what you may have internally really being an uh, open book and providing a lot of insights on how things are being made and manufactured internally and the process and the quality assurance and all of those things that you have, you take it for granted, preach it to the masses. Because at the end of the day, if they are able to gather that information before they actually have to talk to the sales rep, they're much more informed and educated to be able able to make a decision and a conversation with your sales rep.
1: Love it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, please, if you did, uh, give us a like, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're you're listening. Uh, share it with a friend. Share it with a a colleague, a, a CEO of a manufacturing company that you know that maybe's uh, a little bit behind the times. Uh, you trying to change their mind, change their opinion. Send them this podcast. Uh, come back next week for a new episode.
2: All right. So if you enjoyed this episode. Here are five things that you can do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight all right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join and other growth marketers, head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the growth marketers podcast, and I will see you next time.